The British Girl Guides Association sees promoting a certain kind of spirituality as one of its core missions. Maddie Willett, a non-religious seven-year-old girl, felt that she couldn't join her friends in the Brownies because the organisation requires its members to say a pledge promising to love God. I spoke with Tessa Kendall, the senior campaigns officer for the National Secular Society. I began by asking Tessa whether she felt this young girl was justified in feeling excluded from the organisation. It doesn't seem very fair that um, children who don't believe in God and aren't prepared to lie can't join the brownies and the guides. Um, and, and remarkable that a seven-year-old's made her mind up because a lot of children by that age haven't. But, you know, if she has, then she should be allowed to, to stand by her conscience, which is something that the brownies and guides stand for anyway. She does seem like a remarkably principled young girl. If I had been in that situation, I'd have probably told a lie to get what I'd want. Surely this is the sort of girl that the Brownies and Guides should be encouraging in their membership. Well, exactly. The Brownie Guide pledge that she refused to take in its entirety goes a bit like this. I promise I will do my best to do my duty to God, to serve the Queen and my country, to help other people and to keep the Guide law. According to the Guides Association, they will accept pledges which have a similar wording. When asked to qualify what they meant by similar, they explained to me that they meant this in a very literal sense. So love could be replaced by adore and God could be replaced by Allah. But they wouldn't accept the humanist concept of being in awe of the natural universe. Basically, their inclusivity policy only works if you're a Christian, Jew or Muslim. But it also excludes you if you're a Buddhist, of course. The NSF obviously supports the core values of guiding, tolerance, justice, respect, cooperation. But we don't think there's any need to contextualise them in a religious framework. Um, and it, it, they, they, all, they talk a lot about equality and diversity. And it would greatly enhance this if a significant and growing sector of the population wasn't excluded by the promise. But do you think it's reasonable to expect that the British Guides Association could change? After all, they were founded by a Christian individual. Are we being unreasonable to expect that this historic organisation should conform to a modern norm of inclusivity? Well, they've conformed to a lot of modern norms. They've really done a lot to modernise themselves. If you look at their website now and compare them, I mean, if you're old enough, you remember what the Girl Guides were like 20 years ago. They've really evolved. They're much more inclusive. They're much more relevant to the experience of young women in contemporary society. And it, it's a great organisation. And also, of course, you need to think about the leaders because the leaders have evolved as well. And they're being excluded by this religious policy. So they're not representative of social diversity either. It seems to me that they're acting in good faith. They just haven't thought through their inclusivity policy, their books and materials, seem to be deliberately trying to reach out to people of other cultures and religions. They just haven't realised that there are people of no religion. I think they have realised, but they, don't, they haven't realised quite how many. I mean, if you look at falling Sunday school and church attendance by young people and how religion is becoming progressively less important to them, for example, only 9% of churchgoers are aged 16 to 24, um, and among the under-15s, there's been a 46% fall in 16 years. And religion, um, in a survey about what was the most important to your identity, religion came ninth to in, among the young people. So I don't think they realise quite how many young people are, have lost their faith or never had a faith. 
in the first place. If they if they did, and we pointed this out to them in a letter to them recently, then they might start thinking again. Because they did say, I mean, you spoke at the beginning about that girl who couldn't join. At the time, um, they commented, not having a faith doesn't preclude membership, and there was no reason why the promise couldn't be altered. But to date, that's meant they should be able to possibly take God out as well. And on the subject of altering promises, there is mm. a real template for how that promise might be altered in a more inclusive way, isn't there? Well, at the moment, Canada, you can say, I promise to do my best to be true to myself, my beliefs in Canada. I will take action for a better world and respect the Brownian law. Now that, obviously, my beliefs could cover anything, so no one being excluded. The, the Canadian version seems so civilised, doesn't it? I also checked out the United States version of the pledge, which is even worse than the British version. North American guides have to promise not just to love God, but to serve him as well. And in my book, that's only one step away from joining a convent. <laughs> yeah, but the guide's uniform's better. There will be some listening who will accuse you of just being a hater for wanting to change this traditional organisation. So I'll put this question as bluntly as I can. Do you hate the girl guides? No, I was a brownie and I was a guide. I was an imp and then I was a scarlet pimpernel and I could possibly sing the imp song if he really forced me to. And I lived in a small rural community and it was excellent. It was a really good experience. And that's why the NSS and why I want other girls, all girls, to be able to have this experience. It's brilliant. It's, it's, it's a space where girls and young women can be on their own without boys. They learn social skills. Uh, it's a place where they can learn about themselves away from their parents. It's just a wonderful organisation and there's, yeah, there's so many good points to it that it's just a shame that it's not open to everyone. After the interview, Tessa drew my attention to the fact that in the 1920s, Lord Baden-Powell, who was the founder of the scouting movement, granted six countries, and that's Belgium, Czechoslovakia, France, Luxembourg, the Netherlands and Finland, the freedom to use an alternative promise without any reference to God. Furthermore, the Israeli scouts and guides have never had any religious wording in their pledge. It doesn't seem so far-fetched to believe that the British scout and guide associations might one day adopt a similarly inclusive policy. This is Salim Fadley for The Pod Delusion.